You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Hey man fam, welcome on in to the Mad About Movies podcast for another week of nonsense. I know there's a lot going on in the world right now, so we appreciate you taking your time to join us to talk a little bit about movies. It's what we like to do around here, sometimes movie news, sometimes rumors, rumblings, throwback episodes happen in the VIP on the regular, so shout out to those VIP people holding it down on the Discord and in the VIP club. Where we're going to talk this week about one of Brian's favorite movies in the VIP, which is The A-Team. Right. Mm. Mm. True guilty pleasure right there. If yes. There ever was one. Yeah, that's a, certainly a long time coming for that episode. And so get excited for that, VIPs, and enjoy that episode later on this week. But a lot of stuff going on in the news right now that, uh, you know, we'd be remiss to try not to stay relevant on this show, you know? <laughs> I mean, we've we've only been going seven years and haven't even tried, so might as well start now, you know? <laughs> Be irrelevant. Uh, anyway, Spike Lee, guys, is, um, is at it again, making another film. We last talked about Black Klansmen, I think, around Oscar time. Mm-hmm. And um, had a... Had is that a f- the only Spike movie we've done on here? Have I, we done? I think so. We, I know we've talked about Inside Man many times, and it always gets pushed back a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, that's it, interesting. Yeah. I think he took a few years off there. He did, yeah. And, and he did that he uh, that old boy remake, I think, yeah, like yeah. 2013 yeah. or 14. That's that probably the only other bad. theatrical that's come out dur- while we've been doing the show. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, no. We talked about He's Spike Lee stuff. versus Reggie Miller a bunch, though. Mm-hmm. Big. Obviously. I love that topic. Yep. It's one of my favorite uh, 30 for 30s, by the way, the one about Reggie oh, Miller. That's a great one. Reggie Miller against the Knicks or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Re- Reggie's one. such an interesting his, – his, he was a very good player, don't get me wrong, great player, but but uh, his persona is so much bigger than he – you know what I mean? Like he's such mm-hmm. a fun for documentary sure. subject and things like that. Yeah, he's I so love theatrical. Reggie. They need to make a 30 for 30 about Spike and the Knicks. Well, we had a big, you know, with him getting mad about the employee, uh, not being able to use the employee entrance. Remember that, Brian? That seemed like it was 50 years Mm -hmm. ago, but it was this season. I know. Uh, He couldn't use the employee entrance, and that that would be a good, maybe, Mm -hmm. third act point. For sure. And that's not even one of the, mm, say, Mm -hmm. 10 most embarrassing things the Knicks have done this year. So that's that's pretty (laughs) impressive. Exactly. Well, it, it may bring some levity to the situation. I would, I would definitely watch the a, a ten parter on Spike and, and <laughs> like Dicks, fascinating. So. Man. Yeah, I sure. think I uh, love. He's uh, a great filmmaker too, man. He, he is, yeah. but I, I love his personality. I love, oh, I love him, somebody being associated with a a sports team that closely is mm-hmm. is funny. Didn't you know the, the same was with Nicholson and the Lakers? Didn't he like? Yeah get kicked out for like, didn't he spill nachos on the court or something? And they were like, all right, you're done. He always sits next to the, uh, he likes to sit by the opposing coach, which I always think is a power move. That's when you, that's a real Jack move that only he would think of. For sure. Um, for sure. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know the nachos and say, but there's been, this is not an original idea, but there's been a lot of conjecture for years on, we can talk briefly. I, I think this, this ties in with spike before we get into the film. When Spike and Jack pass on and cross over that rainbow bridge to their respective afterlives, um, uh, wh- who gets those seats? 
Yeah. Jack seats? Like yeah, the Lakers. Jack it's it's who gets... Leo, probably. You think it's Leo? Leo's... Maybe Denzel, though. Yeah, Denzel. Denzel's a Laker guy. Yeah. yeah. The Knicks uh, may not have fans by the time Spike Lee passes. So I. It's I just Jesus and Mero. <laughs> get the Spike seats. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I love Jesus and Mero. You might uh, hear another voice here on the show. Yeah. And we've got a guest back on the show. The one and only. One of our favorite guests yeah, ever. Great guest. The one and only Marcus. Marcus Page. What's up, guys? Here. Hey, Terminator Marcus. Marcus. What's up? Hello, hello. Thanks for having me back, guys. Pleasure is ours, my friend. Yeah, man, for sure. What episode did you do before? Strike my memory. <laughs> I remember loving it, but I can't remember yeah. what it was. It was the seminal classic Gemini Man. Oh, that's I right. That. Of course it was. Yes. Of course. Yeah. And I'll be. I think I want. I want to come back for the Criterion episode for that. So if you guys, <laughs> yeah. No. Understandably. Yeah. Nice. Good. I'm here for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the A.O. Scott commentary on the Criterion Collection <laughs> will be fabulous. Oh, can you imagine uh, that? Oh like, man, I just I just wish Ebert had been here to see it. That's that's what I was <sighs> the tough part. Yeah, I'm hearing Ang Lee has a director's cut, but mm, it's like can't wait. It, it, it's nine hours. Right. So uh, I think we should get okay, a perfect. hashtag release the Ang cut trending here. So finally see what Gemini Man was supposed to be. You know what's funny? I, I've actually I haven't really figured out a way to to um, say this yet. I don't know if I know how to say it. But you know, this, it's not really a reflection on your skill as a director. Obviously, Ang Lee is quite the talented director, but there are certain directors I never want to see their director's cut, and he's in that list. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, no, I'm with you. Yeah. Even good directors, it's like I'm good. Like I'm, yeah. I, tr- I trust the studio on this one sure. more than you to self edit, yeah. even though you're great. Uh, yeah, sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We've been seeing the the director's cut of Apatow movies forever, and I just I right. would love to see not the director. Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. There's not. That's the thing about Judd. He's great at what he does, but there's not one movie he's ever done that hasn't been 40 minutes too long <laughs> like that. Any average person could go in there and, yeah. and trim it down and. Yeah, make it probably more successful. So I don't understand yeah. why he has held on to that. I think King of Staten yeah. Island is like two hours ten minutes yeah. or something. Crazy. I don't want to spoil it because I, I assume like, we'll do a review on that at some point. Yeah, we watched this yet. Is we'll that... No, I have I not. Watched I, it I, I watched I a couple other things this okay. weekend. I I figured I'd watch it closer to when we do the episode. Sure. So sure, sure, sure. If it's oh, later man. this it's week, cool to ha- I'll do it tonight. Hey, by the way, burying the lead here. Cool to have movies back. In, in I some know. Yeah. Gosh, remember movies? movies? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, uh, that is that is a, a good note, Richard. That we're not doing bad movie marathon right now, oh, and yeah. so uh, that's that's good. Maybe next week we'll do King of Staten Island, and we'll maybe get an Artemis Fowl bonus episode here at some point, and get uh, <laughs> get some new movie conversation going on the show. But yeah, man, that that, that feels really good. I remember the the Five Bloods. Should I say the five bloods or the five mm-hmm. bloods? It's okay to say yeah. the five bloods. You guys know what I'm talking about. Okay. The five bloods yeah. was originally supposed to come out at Cannes, wasn't it? The, I yeah. remember Spike uh, being the, yeah, I think the so. lead of I think the jury, I think at, at Cannes this year. Sure. And yeah, he was the, but yeah. supposed to be the head of that. And the five bloods was supposed to be a non-competitive entry mm. for yeah. the oh, okay. uh, festival. Okay. Cause go. he would be a little bit biased as, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would be like best picture, best actor, best director gold ever. Gold Lion on Gold Lion. It's like a yeah, yeah, yeah song. There's so many Gold Lions. Nice. See what you did. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. That, that was for you. That was for me and 
Probably only me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but man, yeah, it's disappointing to not not be able to. Actually, I don't even think the gold line. I think gold line is Venice anyway, so it's not even a good joke because it's Palm Dior, right? Palm, it's it's the Palm Dior. Yeah. I, oh, I thought yeah. the, the the actual right. start uh, the whole episode over. We've I, I thought yeah. the trophy was called the Golden. Like the, it might you know be, how it's the Academy Awards, the, but the trophy's yeah. called the Oscar. That's what I thought. Yeah, I think the Golden Line is the Venice. But I'm, yeah, I think you know, you're right because I remember Joker it's been so long that. since I've been to either festival. I used to frequent, you know. <laughs> But ever since they discontinued the I think, uh, no, Concord, I, I used to only fly on the Concord. Remember right. the Concord? Oh, it seemed really yeah. cool. <laughs> Bring that back. Elon Musk, like, who cares about space? Let's get the Concord back. I want drunk journalists flying two hours to Paris. Gosh, I remember when the Concord caught on fire. That was uh, yeah, that was tight. That was, that was tight. <laughs> anyway, it never made sense. They'd be like, I was like, what? And they're like, uh, it flies higher. <laughs> and faster. And you're like, cool. Why don't all planes do that? Yeah. Then, yeah. Nope, just this one. <laughs> Let's say you need to get from LA to New York in not not seven hours, but mm-hmm. five hours. It's like a, that's okay. a huge difference for somebody. It's like this. <laughs> I don't understand. It's like the, you pay ten thousand extra dollars to be there ninety minutes early. Like uh, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever I understand. Yeah, well, that what one. the Admirals Club closes at ten, oh, so you can't get free checks yeah. mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're seven hours, you're going to miss it on checks mix and right. stale Miller right. Light. So you got to <laughs> come on, dude. I thought you said checks mix. What sounds like Mexican food with checks mix, which sounds great. <laughs> well, I want hey, some rice and beans with my Stop checks. Stop giving mix. away ideas. That, Gosh, that is a good idea. Some really like <laughs> spicy. That down. Yeah, yeah, Cholula, 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 and Chex Mix should be called okay. Chex Mix. Stop, stop. We're, we've got to, we've got to market this. Yes. Stop it. Okay. This isn't a VIP episode. We can't give these <laughs> ideas away. But I mean, it's disappointing that we didn't get to see Spike do his thing at Cannes because I think that would have been great, sure. really entertaining. And um, you know, who knows what he would have had to say about this year's slate of movies? Obviously, mm-hmm. Parasite won the Palme d'Or last year and ended up mm-hmm. winning Best Picture, which was never – I don't think that's ever happened, or at least not in the past 25 years or so. I um, think Date Movie did that. Yeah. <laughs> other than that. I thought, it was, I thought it was Epic Movie. I'm sorry. I, maybe. I always confuse the two. Yeah. Date movie. That's a that's a very that's the perfect joke. I just want to give you credit for that. It, there is many choices you could isn't have gone that, with there. Isn't but that date uh, movie was the perfect one? With, <laughs> is that Carell and Tina Fey? No, that's Date Night. That's Date. Sorry, Date, date Movie date was night. like an epic yeah. movie of okay. rom com. Um, yeah, I sat out a week and I'm just I'm back and I'm rested. <laughs> you know, I went on vacation. I think I was back last week, but I was, yeah, I was a warm up. And okay. now that was yeah. like Michael Jordan in the '95 playoffs or whatever. Uh, and now I'm right. locked in. Just need to send you away every six months or so to just bring you back hot and ready to go. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Anytime Richard can spend quality time with the Looney Tunes, he returns a better mm-hmm. person ready for it. <laughs> nice. Just like MJ. Yep. With a lot of sexual harassment lawsuits, but still bad. Hey, it shouldn't have made the Lola Bunny so hot. I mean, what? Come on. <laughs> That's on them. That is on them. <laughs> anyway, my first childhood crush, Lola Bunny. Yeah, Jessica Rabbit. Actually. That's a good. That'd be a good episode when when uh, we're in quarantine again in six, six months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or two, hottest two days, cartoon maybe. characters yeah. draft. Yeah, I mean, there's only two. Just, Jessica yeah. Rabbit and yeah. and Barstool uh, did a whole bunny. series on that. So, yeah. I mean, Lola Ariel, bunny. Ariel, sneaky. <laughs> Do you like redheads? Gaston. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah. I'll go unisex. Gaston, Gaston yeah, was hot. Yeah. 
Very attractive. Yeah. Don't know why Bill went for the Beast. I still don't. Still don't get that. Uh, we've talked about that on the episodes of we've yeah. done on Beauty and the Beast. But it's one of the more confusing, <laughs> confusing things. Imagine being enough. Of he a didn't jerk. have a library though, so I understand he had no that's library. True. But the Beast had. He was actually illiterate, so that's that's. Imagine hard. being a big enough jerk, oh, <laughs> Gaston, that someone would resort to in, to uh, bestiality. Yeah, so, you know that's when you know you're I bad. Threw that like, much of a blowhard where they're like, you know what? I'd rather have yeah. You know, relations cool, with I get this it. You giant eat a lot of berry. eggs. Awesome. Yeah. But he has <laughs> exactly. books, guys. That's the thing about the beast. Oh, he's sensitive. He yeah. was terrible, and then Bell sees his library and it's like, mm-hmm. Who's this man? Oh, what hey, is he? <laughs> I think I'm falling in love books with the beast. Back then, man. It's, it's tough. Right, man. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. Was. You had to pay Gutenberg and stuff. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Was in demand. Him and Kirstie Alley, they were big. Have I, have I ever told the Have I ever told the Steve Gutenberg story on the pod? No. It's all right. I gotta hear this. The, it involves your cousin. What a tease! Uh, oh. Kent involves your cousin. Oh, so wow, your cousin and I were at Medieval Times on a school trip. We were like sophomores, and Steve and, Gutenberg uh, was a waiter there. Working. Yeah, so they have the. Uh, it was a great joke. So Chase, your cousin. And I are, they do the thing where you can like mingle with the royalty, you know, before the show. So we're mm-hmm. out and we're drinking Diet Pepsis, having a great time. And everyone wants to, you know, kill themselves, but both kids and actors, because it's like the noon show on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Chase and I see an opportunity to do bits. So we're talking to the king and queen and uh, they're in character and they're like, yeah, oh, of course I knew Shakespeare. He's, he, you know, they have all their like points that they talk about through their alleged reign. And uh, Chase goes, Did, do you know Gutenberg? And he says, well, yes, he invented the printing press during my reign. And Chase goes, no, I'm sorry, Steve Gutenberg. And the actor, <laughs> the actor that's playing the king goes, <laughs> we have to take a break. And they had to go. They, he broke them with a Steve Gutenberg joke. And they had to go take a coffee break and like re-get back into character. So good job by Classic. Chase. <laughs> I love and this has been said, uh, I think South Park did an episode, but I love those yeah, places where, where the characters break. have to not break character. We need more of that. Yeah. I would like more actor. Like when I go to my Chase Bank, let's do a bit. Like you guys are, we're in Zurich and you guys are all Swiss bankers and there's Nazi gold underneath the uh, stolen Nazi gold underground and we'll just, you know. Like, you know, that would make life so much better if you just went places and there's a plaque at what period and scenario that all the employees are playing. And that's just part of your job. I've got to be honest. I would I would hate every single second of that. That would be like (laughs) that would be hell. That would actually be hell for me. Like, I hate that stuff. Not everywhere. But, you know, remember, like at Sonic, the the car hops, they could make like an extra 50 cents an hour if they roller skated. Remember Uh that? Yeah. That. But everywhere else, but you get you make a little bit more if you just are like, well, you know, this AutoZone is Amish, and they are all <laughs> they're just very like, well, I don't understand what this part does at all. And you're like, well, but you're the mechanic. Yeah, that's a, that was a weird comparison by me. I don't know why. I, I mean, I'd be that. into that. That would be just <laughs> Amish mechanic. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of every every time you. You bring your car in with an error. They're like, well, you need to shoot it. And you're like, no, 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 it's a car. Just keep, just keep nailing horseshoes onto your tires. Like, dang it. Went to the wrong one again. Son of a- yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm 
we did bits. We're bit heavy tonight, and that's yeah. my fault. This is this is <laughs> no. We, did, we don't know how to review film. a movie anymore because no. we did terrible movies for for three months. It's completely broken our brains. I think I'm so used it's to okay. filling time. I don't know how yeah. to not. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So Theodore Rex, huh? And yeah. <laughs> right. Jeez. Delay. We're just delaying talking about it back then. It's like we talk about anything right. else, literally, but Theodore Hoping Rex for a power okay, outage. Okay, or something. I guess we'll do it. Yeah, I got you. Right. I actually did have a power outage one episode, and it was awesome. And I delayed by 15 minutes. It was a glorious time. Uh, so, Spike Lee, man. Uh, this guy. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Yeah. Wow, that's why you're a pro, Kent. What a segue. I was going to say, speaking of stolen gold, but we kind of moved on from that. Uh, man, Spike Spike Lee is uh, is certainly – one of the more outspoken people in Hollywood, one of the more respected filmmakers in Hollywood. I think, you know, most people really admire what he's about, what he brings to the table. Uh, his certain, certainly his voice is needed in Hollywood. I've never, I, you know, I, I've said on the show, you know, earlier this episode that I love Spike the person, but I've never been a huge fan of his movies. Um, I certainly understand what he's going for most of them, but I, but I, I feel like they, um, I, I think they're maybe a bit too surface level at on some, you know, to a fault. Like, you know, he, he obviously tries to say something about, uh, about, uh, black America pretty much in all of his movies. But I think some of them are just so, not subtle in any way that it like takes away from taking them as serious as they probably should be taken. Does that make sense? Like, mm. yeah. um, mm. like, Oh, like I, and I granted, I haven't seen all of his movies. I think there's, uh, the ones I've seen are, um, do the right thing. He got game inside man, black Klansman, the five bloods bamboozled and Malcolm X. So I think there's mm -hmm. a few in there that I, that I haven't seen, but I mm -hmm. certainly have you seen twenty fifth. Have you seen twenty fifth hour, Kent? I've not. You should. Oh, That's man. a really good movie. That's so a great good. movie. I'm, I plan on going back and uh, yeah. I don't watch Do Right Thing last your week. Point. I'm but, just saying yeah. that is a good. Oh, movie. I plan on go having a big Spike Lee. Uh, yeah, marathon here in the next week or two. But that's what, what's it called? Twenty fifth hour. Yeah, mm -hmm. Edward Edward Norton. Cool. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll get on that. But yeah, but yeah, man, I. Like there, like I would prefer a Spike Lee with much more satire and much, much more, yeah. much more subtlety to like what he's mm. trying to say than what he does. It's mm. very kind of out there, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's like, if you're going to make a movie about how the, how black people are, you know, discriminated through the media and through TV, and then you just do bamboozled <laughs> like uh, it's not very subtle it's like a get, okay yep understand what yeah, you're, you're like, going for it's there literal, yeah, it's a literal it's all, kind of yeah 100 percent. all of his movies are like that and not that that's a bad thing it's just i would prefer like a little bit more nuanced uh movies from him but i think mm. what he's trying to say and what his voice is is important and i'm glad he's around and i and i loved when he won the oscar a couple years ago and and went up on stage and uh, mm -hmm. and accepted it. Was that last year? That was this year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Black Lance yeah. when he had the Kobe uh, Kobe suit yeah. on or whatever. Yeah, it was. Gosh, twenty twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Black Clansman came out in twenty eighteen, right? Yeah, I think he presented yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah, the yeah, Kobe yeah. suit. He presented. Yeah, yeah. There we go. In, there we go. But yeah. he won without the Kobe suit. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was great to see that. And, and mm. like, he finally got some, some justice for not winning for do the, do the right thing, which I still think is mm. probably his best movie <laughs> in mm. 1989. I mean, that's, I love black Landsman a lot. I, I thought that was mm. a fantastic movie, but yeah. I think do the right thing is probably more, more important for, yeah for, uh, you know, mm. we'll, time will tell, but I think right now that's still his masterwork. So, so yeah, man, I'll, I'll love me some Spike. I'll, I'll talk about the Five Bloods in here here in a little bit, but let's go to Marcus on on his thoughts on Spike Lee and maybe your background on him and all that. Yeah, I, I enjoy Spike Lee's movies quite a bit. I'm, I'm kind of like you, where I haven't seen all of his movies, but from what I've seen, I've, for the most part, enjoyed. I, he's really interesting because I think when Spike Lee is firing on all cylinders and he gets it right, he really does get it right. But um, he's it's it's he's interesting because I feel like in the past couple of years with again with Black Klansman and a few of his documentaries that he's done and sh- some of the short films that he's released in the past couple of years he's really becoming um really interesting and I think he's a bit on an upswing right now in his career and I think the Five Bloods kind of uh, not to get ahead of myself but I think the Five Bloods is kind of showing that to a T like he is really doing some good work uh, one of my favorite films of his is uh, Crooklyn. Mm-hmm. Which I don't I don't hear a lot of people talk about it very often, but I really enjoy that movie. It's I guess it's probably because I I grew up watching it, and it's just so to me it's it feels like such a perfect film because it doesn't really have a plot. So it kind of mm-hmm. you just kind of watch this family in New York um, and just you know see the things that they go through, and I think it's a really cool movie. Um, and he's really interesting because I I kind of look at him as he has a little bit of whimsy to his to his uh his aesthetic like turning characters upside down or having weird like shots that are shot from the top down or like almost fisheye lens type of things and it's almost like it's like a realistic version of what Tim Burton would try to do i guess um mm. if that makes any sense but uh yeah i i enjoy spike lee and most of his movies so the five bloods was really was uh, really good to me i i really enjoyed it so yeah, Spike Lee's good stuff in my book, and I really enjoy Black Klansman. I do agree with you, Kent. Though he, he sometimes he can get a little bit, uh, a little bit on the nose. For yeah. me, Black Klansman was like was great until like maybe like that last ten minutes where I felt it was a little too buttoned up, and you know this is what I mean. Mm. And we, we kind of get that here as well. But um, yeah, for the most part, I think he's fantastic. Great director. So yeah, great. What about you, Brian? I think you guys both summed it up really well. I there's times I think when I think Marcus, you're exactly right. When for me, when Spike hits it, boy, he he's he makes an incredible film. And right. sometimes those are I wouldn't even say few and far between, but it, it's it's maybe not as consistent as I might expect it to be, given how great he is as a director and a filmmaker and his voice. So I love his voice. I love his presence and his persona so much. Um, and I, I agree. I, I, you're, I think you're totally right, Mike. Like it, it feels like he's in almost a renaissance right now. Um, which I, you know, I don't know that we could have expected that ten years ago. Um, just given his age and and the the movies that he had done up to this point, uh, I'm not sure. I think it would have been very easy for him to kind of stay locked into the role that he's carved out for himself over, over the last, you know, his, his 30 year career could have been very easily just Mm -hmm. stayed in that. And instead, I mean, black Landsman was so great. Um, this is, this is great. There are other movies that have come through. Um, I mean, inside man, I think is, 
is certainly my favorite is, is also has the least to say in a lot of ways um, f- from a societal standpoint, but it is such a, an enjoyable movie. Um, and I think that was in, in hindsight, that that's kind of a, maybe a bit of a, not even a turning point, but that felt like a movie where he just said, I can make a movie that's just incredibly entertaining. I, and I'll show you. And this is, this is what he did. Um, but yeah, I'm with you guys. Like there's times when, when, when his stuff is a little too on the nose and it, it doesn't have a lot of nuance to it. And I always, in those moments, I'm like, that's maybe not for me, but I totally get why it is for him and why he wants to tell the stories that way. And so that's great. Like I'm, I'm all for it. Um, when he can do things with a little bit more, a little bit more nuance and with a little bit more, uh, story less, less than on the nose and stuff. I, I think that's fantastic as well. And, and this is this is a great, uh, a great mix of, of those things that he does incredibly well. Like, again, it's just, it's, it's pretty impressive to see him sort of having this, this, I don't even want to call it a rebirth. Cause that, that's seems to say that he, he's been gone. He hasn't, but I mean this, you, you can make a pretty decent case that between this movie and, and black Klansmen, um, like this might be, and and I guess just assuming what's coming next in the next couple of movies, like this might be the best segment of his of his career, which is saying mm-hmm. something given what what all he's put uh, put to screen over over thirty years. So yeah, man, uh, I love Spike. I'm 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 happy that we're getting to talk. I'm, I'm look, I'm thrilled that we're getting to talk about a movie that <laughs> that came out <laughs> that's new and stuff. Like that's fantastic. The fact that it's a, that I spoiler alert is a very very good movie. Great, and 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 the fact that it's a Spike Lee movie also. I mean, these are these are great things that I'm I'm excited to talk about this one because it's this was this was a treat in a lot of ways. I mean, it, it feels great to me also to be talking about a relevant movie. Like, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. I don't, who, yeah. who knows how much of this was edited in the past month, but <laughs> good grief. Can you have a more relevant ending to a movie yeah. <laughs> right now than when this movie mm-hmm. A was released, but B, when people were sure. watching it? You're, you're, I mean, for example, I was watching this movie as protests were literally happening, like, you know, in within a square mm-hmm. mile of where I was sitting at the time, you know? So it's... Yeah. It's a, I don't want to call him lucky for that fact, but I mean, it's incredibly, that doesn't happen a lot where you make a film and it just is released at the exact perfect time in, in culture for people to embrace and understand what you're trying to do. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. maybe if, if coronavirus was a little bit more on topic, I don't know if this would be as much of a talking point, you know? And I think it's great that, that we're, we're here discussing this movie as a talking point for, something relevant you know we could talk about a movie but also kind of cross over what's sure. what's been going on so richard any any thoughts on spike before we dig into the mm-hmm. the movie yeah I, yeah i've been thinking a lot about bob dylan lately because he's got this record coming out on on friday and and so maybe i'm just in that frame of mind but you know they remind me a lot of each other in the in their in the way they work i mean they both come on the scene as like real um total like prodigy uh prodigy geniuses you know and they have mm. such a such a unique style when they come in, you know, Dylan in the '60s with this type of political folk music, and Spike with this kind of political, racial, but still whimsical, as Marcus said, um, style. And then an extreme technical proficiency by both, right? Um, and a great respect um, for the art form in which they both operate, you know, Dylan and, and on one side and, and, and Lee on the other. And then they have some misses for a long time, you know, and it's mm-hmm. in their, their misses are these kind of like really loud, 
try hard misses because they're going for something that doesn't work because they're really both um, unafraid to be, you know, they're going for, they're swinging hard. And then Dylan had this period, like in the late nineties, early two thousands, he did like time out of my mind and modern times. Um, and he did love and theft. I mean, these are like big, like Grammy award winning, winning albums in his fifties. And I feel like that's where spike is right now. He's in the second mm. kind of Renaissance of, yeah. of what he's doing. He's really a master at work where you go, okay, now this talent plus all this knowledge accumulated over the years. And yeah, I'm trying to be political, but I've kind of figured out a way to do that in more of a, but, but not sacrifice narrative to do so um, is, is really interesting. And now he's, you know, he's always been a director. I liked quite a bit. I like many of his uh, films, but um, the, the, now it's like, I'm counting down weeks when he's got something on the schedule, which I, I honestly wasn't from, you know, mm-hmm. um, for for ten fifteen years there, um, was always surprised, and I always like his documentary work. He did that really cool Jim Brown documentary. He did when the levee breaks. I mean, he's a he's a really versatile mm-hmm. kind of Scorsese like um, yeah. filmmaker. He does a lot of different stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's it's cool. It's always cool when that all clicks, and it all. It, 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 not that I mean, obviously, his early work has an enormous amount of value, but it all clicks in this really coherent, very purposeful, um, really smart way. The last few years, mm-hmm. I always think that's cool when that happens with any kind of artist. Sure, mm-hmm. I think Scorsese is the is the best comp for him. I I thought about that a lot watching this movie. I was like, this. Mm-hmm. I start. I think I started saying to myself, "Hey, this kind of feels like a Scorsese movie," and then that was like, "No, no, no, no. That's I'm I'm wrong on that. That's it. Doesn't feel like a Scorsese. It feels like a Spike Lee movie." Those two have similarities in in what they bring to the screen and, right, the, and yeah. the stories that they want to tell, and and that's fantastic. I mean, you know, that's talk about elite company for both of them. That's I, I would assume that either one would be thrilled to be compared to the other. You know, it's yeah, and, it's the, and the New York ethos of it, which is a little mm-hmm, different than sure. the Hollywood thing. You know, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. His next project, Spikes, is um, Richard will love this. The David Byrne. Broadway play. <laughs> He's doing yeah, directing a version of that. So I've heard. Yeah, that's a I, a I very I, odd pairing. You wouldn't think. That I would. have no David Byrne thoughts, but but producer Stephen considers him mm. to be one of the great villains of the the twenty twenty first century. Already set up the boycott. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> producer Stephen. Well, oh, the Five Bloods, man. Um, yeah, gosh, what an idea for a movie. I I, mm. I was so when I saw the premise of this, I was with you, Richard. I don't often look forward to like, oh, Spike's I'm counting down the days for Spike's next movie, but uh, this was the certainly one I was and uh, you know, I was hoping for something I guess a little more visceral than I'm used to. Like I thought this would be way more violent and way more like about the way African Americans were treated in Vietnam more than mm. it was like this redemption story uh, about Paul and his his son and and Norm the leader and all that stuff. Like I thought, I don't know. I, I guess I thought this was going to be more flashback centric. I mean, there's there are a lot of flashbacks in the movie, and and a lot of it is centered on that, but. I thought it was going to be more of a commentary on that, on on just Vietnam in general, than it was about like current day America and uh, you know fatherhood and, and inheritance and 
and getting over your past and things like that. So uh, I got to admit, I was a little surprised uh, about what the movie was when I actually sat down to watch it compared to what I was expecting. Um, hmm. I think the performances yeah. were, were fantastic. Uh, Delroy, oh, yeah. who plays, who plays um, Paul in the movie was absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. I don't know this Oscar guy, Delroy Lindo right now. Oh yeah. yeah. He's yeah. a shoe in for, for that. Um, I would think, and if the Oscars were today, granted, nothing's coming out this year, but he would win <laughs> best actor in a landslide. <laughs> this would probably win best picture. I would think if, if the Oscars were today, let's be, be completely mm-hmm. honest, but gosh, he was, he was so great. And, and his relationship with his son, David played by Jonathan majors was, it's really impactful. And then you've got Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Who I love anytime he pops up in something. I think he's great. Of course, you know him from the wire cast, but I, I, I loved him in uh, Cedar Rapids. I always find him funny in that movie as well. But uh, Mm. yeah, Clark (laughs) Peters, Norm Lewis, uh, Melanie, Melanie uh, Terry. I've never seen her before, but she was, she was really, uh, really good. Paul Walter Hauser, who we have seen in, in black Klansman, and uh, most recently, the Clint Eastwood movie Richard Jewell, and then of course Chadwick Boseman in the movie yeah. as kind of the their leader that they're going back to Vietnam to to a kind of lay rest to their friend, pay their respects, or you know, hopefully bring his body back. You know, you see that on the news a lot that somebody's body was returned f- to America for the first time since the war, and there's this big ceremony and all that. So they're going for that, but they have secret plans of of gathering gold that they had stashed back in the day. So I liked, I really liked that subplot too, of not only are we going mm-hmm. over there to, to, you know, get over our PTSD, so to speak, but we're, we're there to have this like mini heist go on with the Viet Cong. I mean, to try to get out of there with all these gold bars and stuff. So mm-hmm. I thought that was an entertaining level to it, but I got to admit guys, this kind of felt like, last vegas to me in a way did it not <laughs> did it not feel a little bit like all films do i mean that's uh, yeah. what i compare everything to <laughs> yeah uh, did it not feel a little bit like the bucket list with like morgan freeman and jack nicholson and we're gonna go do one last day and like i had say that what tone you need to say yeah <laughs> say what you- that was weird they incorporated that into the <laughs> war scenes but the movie was actually called the last tour before it was called mm. the Five Bloods, and it was oh, really? it was um, yeah. Oliver Stone gonna do it, and it was about four white guys just going over to Vietnam, and it had nothing to do with with uh, we won that trade. We won. Yeah, we went yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. We we lucked out there, but yeah, I mean, th- th- I guess that's the probably the direction. <laughs> Oliver Stone would have gone way more in the. Oh, this is just. Um, <laughs> What was that movie with like Tommy Lee Jones a couple of years ago where it's like uh, olds? I don't remember. Oh, there is you know what I'm talking old. about? It's like a whole trope. I know what you're talking I, I That'd be a cool box set to make. Like olds <laughs> yeah. getting the game Fall together. Olds. The box set. Yeah. yeah. Space Cowboys. Yeah. yeah Space true. Cowboys. Last Vegas. <laughs> the Bucket List. Mm-hmm. Reds Dolls. 1. Reds mm-hmm. 2. Like <laughs> <laughs> trying to f- think of what the- i can't remember which i mean i know i i vaguely remember that that tommy was in one of these type of movies recently uh kendo uh, but i can't remember which one just I'm getting started up. that's what it's called okay mm. well i would never mm. oh that, go so. look at the poster for just getting started 
Morgan Freeman. Is, is, is it for? Is it Morgan Freeman? It is okay, Morgan Freeman, Tommy Lee Jones, okay. and Renee Russo. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no! Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. with like a glamour yeah. shot, like palm trees behind him. Yeah. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Remember the yep. remember the one that was um, grudge match. With Rocky uh, versus <laughs> versus Raging Bull when they were like seventy, yeah. <laughs> that was like very awkward. Yeah. That was a kind of a cash grab. They both have CTE. Let's see how bad it can get. Yeah. <laughs> <Good> grief, <laughs> that did not work. But man, yeah, um, I was very so though. Still looks great. <laughs> Give it up for Renee. Right. I was very very entertained by the movie. Um, but like I said, it, it was, some of it was kind of unexpected. Like it was deep and dark in areas and really mm. made me think. And in other areas, it was like, dudes are getting blown up like Tropic Thunder style. Like, and, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, where, you know, it didn't really have a consistent tone, but not a lot of spike stuff does. It, it is kind of whimsical. Like you do know that going in, but you know, I, I would say Delroy, his performance grounded this entire movie in something coherent or, 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 you know, it brought it all together. It connected all the dots. Right. Um, and Mm. it made this thing really sail. So, so yeah, you know, leaving the the theater, I was, uh, I'm not leaving the theater, but leaving the, the screening, I was very, very impressed with spike and, and just his continued nature of, of going for it. And, you know, it reminds me a little bit of M. Night Shyamalan recently, too, where it's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm tired of re- doing remakes or trying to please other people and doing studio projects. I'm just going to do what I like to do and do it my way and mm-hmm. why people like yeah. me. And that's, you know, yeah. just embrace. He embraces culture more. You know, it's like I'm doing Black Klansmen. I'm doing the Five Bloods. You know, I, hopefully what he does next is just as uh, in that camp as as those were. So I mm-hmm. hope he just keeps doing this type, type of stuff. But. I don't want to get to the ending, but there's a lot to talk about with the ending. So, um, yeah. Marcus, you want to give us your your thoughts on the movie and what stuck out? Yeah, um, love this movie. It was super, super heavy, though, for <laughs> in many ways, just how relevant mm-hmm. it is right now. Um, I thought what was most important was just the through line, the the underlying idea of this of these guys that are fighting for a country that ne- doesn't necessarily. Uh, fight for them and it's what i really enjoyed was that idea being translated throughout from the, even the beginning when they talked about um crispus addicts who was the the first american a black man who was the first american mm-hmm. to die in the american revolution and this whole idea of you know where they find out about martin luther king and how they're you know the whole stuff with hanoi hannah them being over there fighting this war for a country that doesn't necessarily want them and how that kind of translates today where, you know, we have so many people that are fighting in a country that doesn't necessarily want to protect them. So I Mm. loved that just lining throughout the entire thing. Um, Again, Delroy, this is, this cast is phenomenal. Like I I was telling my, my buddy like this, like the cast is incredible. And these are like, these guys are legends. Like, like, I don't know. They, they don't have like the biggest, you know, movie careers or whatever. They do a lot of Mm -hmm. TV and some, a lot of supporting Mm -hmm. work. Um, But like Delroy Lindo, I've known that guy since I was a kid. And he, every time he shows up in something, I'm like, that's my dude. I'm, I'm there. Um, Clark Peters, like 
weirdly looks like my dad so that was kind of weird in this movie <laughs> but um <laughs> and norm lewis same, and isaiah whitlock same, like this. <laughs> right just he has that face you know so um <laughs> yeah no but i like delroy lindo really anchors this movie because i think in, le- yeah. in a lesser actor's hands that could have this whole movie could have just been very uh just blah it could have been yeah. an okay movie a, a b minus a c type of thing but i really think the way that they balance that humor that comes from Isaiah Whitlock and Clark with his whole story of which just wrecked me. I, I thought the dynamic between him and his son was fantastic, showing that um in that PTSD that he's going through in a really realistic way. It wasn't overdone. There weren't moments, you know, where we in a lesser director's hands you would have, you know, seen him actually seeing a ghost in some way or you know, it just would have been overdone and i really think delroy did such a great job working with this and the way spike filmed everything was so beautiful and like the way that in the beginning of the movie everything is big and open and wide and then as the movie gets towards the end the cameras are closer to the actors the it's darker the trees are surrounding them more it just got more claustrophobic and raised attention visually so I, mm. I really i enjoyed a lot of this movie there's some things that we can talk about later that i i think don't necessarily hit the mark, but I really enjoyed what they did in this. And um, I think it's a super important film for everyone to see. So I was very happy with it. And Spike has is, is always been, um, even in, in films of his that are, are maybe lesser than others, uh, such a great director of actors. I mean, he gets so many great yeah. performances uh, oh, yeah. historically. And this this is certainly no exception. Yeah, absolutely. Richard, uh, just continue with your thoughts on the movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I love a good ensemble like this. Um, you know, it's 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 always refreshing. You know, I I'm ashamed to admit, you know, I, I knew Dory, but a lot of these other actors, I was I kind of knew their faces, but I didn't know necessarily, you know, that their their oeuvre, so to speak. But they they uh, you know, this is like such a impactful movie that way. You just really fall in love with these guys immediately. There's such a yeah. tenderness to their performance, such an intelligence to their performance. Um, and, and a lot of that goes to the screen, uh, screenplay as well. But yeah, I mean, this is a, a real star maker, um, which is, which is gr- great. And you're right. I mean, just go ahead and let's go ahead and lock up an Oscar nominate nomination for, you know, for, because it's, it, that's done, but this is a, this is a really cool, you know, kind of classic, almost classic Hollywood, um, uh, you know, ensemble in a way, and I, I, mm. I've, I've been reading. A, I've been reading this book. Mm. <laughs> Weirdly, I've been reading this book. This is a very odd um comparison. I've been reading these two books that are bu- the two volume one and volume two biographies of Sinatra. Mm. And so again, it might just be in my. I'm comparing things to things I'm thinking about lately, but it remi- there's all these you know different movies he did in the the 40s and 50s that are these you know he's like build he's a you know biggest singer in the world. He's like build forth um, because these great old classic ensembles. And and this kind of reminded me of that in the way that everyone played, even like the pre rat pack Sinatra movies where it's like, Oh wow. Okay, cool. Clark Gable and Ava Gardner. And okay, cool. Um, It's, it's that to me of, of a very classic style of filmmaking in a way, but still feeling really raw, modern, prescient, obviously as Kent mentioned and uh, inventive. Hmm. Yeah, yeah Bigo. Yeah, man, this was 
it, it look it probably helps a little bit that we haven't seen a movie in three months you know um <laughs> that that didn't that didn't hurt the cause I, I i would guess um i wish i'd seen this in theaters uh that's yeah i it not necessarily took it away from from watch took anything away from watching in in my house but but i I uh, I think I would have appreciated even more uh, in 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 a theater, um, assuming there wasn't somebody next to me eating payway or something. But um, <laughs> but yeah, that would have that probably would have helped even. Hey, dude, a bit screw more. you, dude. I I want <laughs> when I want lettuce wraps, I want lettuce wraps, and that's in the cinema. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm just saying the <laughs> the aromas are distracting. Um, Man, or like Genghis Grill. Yeah, there's. I, the oh, theater yeah. I go to has a Genghis I, attached. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it's like yeah, right yeah. next to it. So like every, yeah, every you pulled, you catch yeah, you get a little, look, I gotta get, I gotta get lunch little in. To, as well little as to go movie. box of Genghis and go into the, <laughs> yeah, see yeah, trolls, yeah. you know? Oh, really? Yeah. That's exactly. I do my own your chow mein in the, uh, theater. <laughs> I fire it up in there. I like to, yeah, you bring your own, your own walk. Well, yeah, I walk in walk and hibachi grill. Yeah. It's a sizzling plate, just hot, ready to go. That's you guys think. You want some or? We talk about, we Thank talk you. a lot about the Barden walkout, but we don't talk about the Barden walkout enough. Mm. That's when I bust my walkout. Holy cow. Yeah. Walk I'm telling you, man. You, you rock out with your walkout all, all the time. Yeah, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have many. It That's is why it's on my, your back piece. Exactly. <laughs> the entire back part of my uh, uh-huh. uh, Chevy I, Silverado. The, I just the whole window. Just walk this way. It's Yeah. <laughs> I, I want you set up doing a walk demonstration in the lobby of a movie theater, like you get like Sam's Club or something, or Costco or whatever, you get like the uh, little demonstrations of the, of the product. That's what I want. I want you to. Still that reminds me of Kent and I's best bit when we were in an Uber, like a long one, to downtown Dallas, and we just started pitching the Uber driver on. <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing where Uber, Uber driver, yeah. The Uber was like, "Hey, if you guys want gum or a bottle of water," and Kent and I just started doing like omelet. Yeah. Like we have a full hot plate while we drive. In the just like the most ridiculous full griddle. Pressing like, waffles. do you want some? Yeah, some fresh made waffles on my waffle iron here. And you're like pouring, you're the, you're pouring the batter. And it's getting fist. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. weaving in and out of lines. horribly complex dishes. Like, I have fresh shawarma. If you want me to bust the knife out, like that rotating spit of meat in the yeah. passenger seat. Wait till I get the red light. Hold on, hold on. One I'll yeah. cut you off a piece. If of you don't mind, I'm gonna please tip. I'm going to peel over and peel these potatoes real quick. And it should only take 15 to 20 minutes. Don't worry. Right, right. Uh, Get back on, and I'll make you some fresh french fries in my deep fryer. You're like a full full fryer with a a vat of grease. Scalding hot. Just barely swimming up to the lip. Take a ride on Preston. It's just (laughs) spilling over every time you hit the brakes. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Speaking of... uh, of bringing That'd be food. such a good hidden camera bit. That would. That'd be great. <laughs> Bottle water? Uh, I've got Andy's mint? Uh, gumdrop? Okay. Shawarma? <laughs> Pad Thai? No? Uh, speaking of uh, bringing Cotton food... Candy into, machine? Just bringing food into the, the theater. Squirrel. I don't know if you guys did this, but I was a big dollar, dollar menu... Uh, you know, spend eight bucks at the dollar menu at McDonald's or Wendy's, mm-hmm. and then just bring all that to the movies and <laughs> nice. four cheeseburgers and three fries and two frosties and just 
go to town watching Transformers 2 with the buds. <laughs> sneaking in, it was like, you know, sneaking yeah. in candy, you'd put it in yeah. your mom's purse and feel like you're yeah. getting away with like highway right. robbery right. by The good thing is that that's for about amateur. McDonald's yeah. and makes it easy. It's not fragrant whatsoever. No. Yeah. Not at all. No, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't smell like I burnt. always just shotgun a couple beers down at the front and mm-hmm. then stare everyone right. down. That's right. my move. Right outside the doors. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be This is You know, you know how you know, when you get old and depressed and your wife dies and you're like, all right, I'm just going to go to the bar at noon every day. And I'm going to be that guy that's at the bar at noon. I'm only going to go to the AMC MacGuffins <laughs> locations. It's going to be my that's bit. My local. I'm, I'm only at the movie theater bar. Pay literally three times yeah. more to be at that yeah. bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> horrible, like stack. sugary drinks. It's just like, give me another <laughs> knives <laughs> out <laughs> cocktail. <laughs> Frank. It's like my name's not Frank. My name, bucks. my name is Chris. I'm 16. That'd be such a great. A every day when they open, you're waiting. You're waiting to get in the the gate. You just never leave. MacGuffins. And then wait like a year, and then be like, you know, there's a movie theater attached to this bar. Yeah. Whoa. Well, um, who knew? A little bit more. A little bit more about the movie. Um, what did you guys think of, you know, sort of random characters dropping off throughout the movie? I, I, and I guess we'll get yeah. into spoilers now. So spoilers for <laughs> Defy Bloods right now. Um, what I, I thought Paul was certainly going to live through this and come out like the other side. I didn't anticipate him dying in the way he does. And then, how, of course, he has this big spiritual awakening and. And it's very well done, but I, I thought this whole arc was building to him, like getting out of there with the money somehow, and then him and his son reconnecting and all that. So that's what I kind of expected. Yeah. I don't. Know, I think it. I don't think he could have come out of this alive in a way, um, because I think the things he did in the movie, the things that he said, especially the things he said to his son, I think doesn't can really warrant that but i think his journey was more so not necessarily about the gold but like that moment we're in spoilers so um that moment where he where he sees chadwick in the end and and after this big monologue and he sees chadwick and and we get that reveal of how he actually dies and he forgives him and i think at that moment it was just you know it everything was good to go and he he completed his arc there. That was a, to me, that was a powerful scene. I love how we got into that scene, just how it, um, again, how the camera goes from Delroy doing this monologue to his face shifting to the camera going up and then going over to Chadwick, but the colors change and things get softer. Mm. And it it was just a really beautifully shot scene. And so I, I loved what Delroy was doing and I, but I don't think he could have made it out of this movie alive. I think he finished his arc and I think the way that they did it was, horrifically violent but but um it, but but necessary and and i think it made sense for the tone of what they were giving us the entire time so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah how'd you how'd you feel about the way his story ended brian man i it's heartbreaking mm-hmm. yeah. i mean totally depressing I man the whole his entire run in the movie you know his his whole character arc story is is so devastating and really uh, you mentioned at the top of this, this whole thing, you know, very relevant uh, in, in many ways. Um, and 
just so so beautifully written and you and you see mm. him just really go I, that's i i mean i there's very few movies in recent memory that that really i mean we talk about character development a lot and stuff and and the the arcs that that guys that that the characters go on through the course of a movie or a tv series or whatever but it's really rare to see um a character roller coaster of development like that done so well yeah um the yeah. way the way that, that this one did when and that's that's a testament to that's a testament to the writing that's a testament to to spike's direction and it's also obviously a testament to to lindo's acting i mean he's he's so good and um and yeah to watch that that whole thing unfold and there's so many moments where you think okay, maybe he is going to f- kind of figure this out. You know, you have those, a couple of moments where it's so touching between him and his kid and, yeah. and you feel like, okay, maybe this is, I mean, like again, spoilers, but the whole, the landmine scene, it, I mean, that's just as intense as, 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 as uh, movie scenes get, but you know, they get out of that and they have this huge hug and you're like, okay, maybe this is going to be the thing that centers him for a little bit. And we're going to, mm. He's going to come out of this. And instead, literally within two seconds, he flips, he flips the switch again and he's back. He's back the other way, you know, and is, you know, trying to kill these, these people. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking and, but gosh, it's, it's so good. It's so good too. And And it feels, feels real. um, And he's not the only one with this. I think in a great way. He's not the only one with the problems in that movie. Like the, the other guys, you know, the, the, this movie talks about like addiction and and um, mm-hmm. and losing your going bankrupt and all these these guys have real issues. So Delroy's problems are very much there in the forefront, but these other guys have so much stuff going on too. And again, it's a, a testament to the writing and just how good and how just mm. smart Spike and the other co-writers were with getting that all in. I was thinking about this just the way that these guys interacted with one another, it felt mm-hmm. like, like I was at a family reunion. Like it's just watching these guys and the way that they speak to one another, the way they dig into one another, but they're still brothers in that sense. But they've got, they've got some vast issues going. And um, yeah, it was, it was sad to watch the, how they progress and how their story arcs come to a close, but seeing how it was kind of necessary for the story. So. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. yeah, I also liked the, um, oh, you've got a kid plotline in this, too, you know, like mm-hmm. how many soldiers mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. illegitimate kids with women over at the in the war and how that comes around, you know, eventually, <laughs> but, you know, some of them sure. found out and dealing with that. So, yeah, certainly. And, you know, how the daughter was bullied or abused for being biracial and, and all that kind of stuff. It, it certainly... Mm-hmm. Certainly something that needs to be brought up. Um, so let's move on to the end here. And, you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't think this movie was edited at all previously, um, you know, given the circumstances. But, I mean, I never thought this would end on a, like a Black Lives Matter note, uh, um, which I thought was really, really a good way to end this, you know, especially given what's going on right now. Um, sure. It was really cool to see that and to see... Th- uh, that that's not just a one time thing. Like that's not just a product of the moment that that's a, a movement that's had legs for a while and probably will for a, a long time more. And so that was a cool way, I think for something, somebody to end up with some of the money. And I thought that was a, a great way for them to kind of preserve their legacy and also comment on 
injustice, not only back then, but now and how it's still continuing and still a fight, basically, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was really effective and, and a cool way to bring this whole thing around. And it was ultimately Chadwick Boseman's character who told them, you know, this money needs to go back to your people mm-hmm. um, when they were in Vietnam back in back in the day. So it kind of does come full circle. Like these guys were originally going to take, they keep talking the entire movie about my share, my share, where does my share go? And it ends up going back to the people. It's, you know, giving birthing power to the people through these guys and their actions. So I, again, I really like the through line of, of his, uh, of the themes of this movie it was really, really fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one other note, just on the directorial side, <laughs> I thought it was funny how Spike in the flashbacks used like just the regular actors and <laughs> old flashbacks from the sixties or whatever, seventies. Did it bother any of you? Cause it didn't it did, bother me. It at didn't all. bother me because <laughs> I was like, okay, well the contrary is you get all these young actors and you don't know who's who, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And so sure. that's a way to do it and sure. be like, you know, which guy was which. And, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah, and Spike there, was I, saying that, Spike said, "Like Netflix was not going to give him the the money, like uh, Scorsese for aging. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> no, not at all. And also, it, it, it's like these guys don't think they've ever aged. Like where how they are now is probably how they think they've been all along. Like they're yeah. kind of in denial, so to speak, of this growing up and not being the bloods, you know. And so I, sure, I took right. it that way too. But I thought that was a fun, subtle note by." Spike, the choice that he made to to include mm-hmm. that and with Chadwick, but the Chadwick was great too, man. That guy's a star. Oh yeah, love that guy. Oh yeah, Richard, what'd you? Th- yeah, it took like one scene for me to be like, okay, I get what we're doing here now. Okay, yeah. cool. Like I'm, yeah. I'm in on exactly. On this it was bit. confusing it's for like good. a couple minutes, and then I was like, I, I get it mm-hmm. and I like it. I love the narration under uh, under the the flashbacks yeah, and, cool, and yeah. the way they 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 made that work was was really well done. Um, Richard, what do you think mm-hmm. about the ending and? Yeah, no, nothing, nothing uh, interesting to add there. I will say, I'm so out of it. My like movie, it was this was probably another reason I enjoyed this film so much. Um, I'm so out of the like routine of seeing new films that I like didn't know much of other than Spike Lee, and it had some sort of I was I had seen some screenshots of like some vaguely militaristic stuff. I knew nothing going in. So I didn't even know Chadwick oh, yeah. was in this. Like I was like, yeah, it was it was cool to have that experience because of doing this show and just kind of how I am in general with like the normal schedule of things. I tend to, I don't look up spoilers, but I kind of know more, uh, most of the time going into something. It was really fun to watch something totally, you know, um, without, without much knowledge again. I haven't had that happen in years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ignorance. That's true. My I, didn't, friends, I didn't watch the trailer for this. Yeah, totally. Totally. I didn't know anything on this going in other Same. than, yeah. Yeah. Spike Lee. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's veterans going back to Vietnam, and and that was kind of it. That was all, and it was nice. It was nice to have it go that way, <laughs> for sure. Lots to like about this one. Uh, definitely, we'll re- revisit this revisit this one probably before the end of the year. Oscars were been pushed back. They've announced that. We'll talk about that in detail on a movie news episode here, probably very shortly. But yeah, um, we'll have to see because uh, this is certainly one of the best movies of the year and one of Spike's better efforts and. Comes at a great time, and you know, there's a lot of praise for this one. So, I think we should grade this one out. Yep. I'm gonna go with a solid A with this, just a right down the middle A. I thought the performances really elevate the film. I think Spike does a wonderful job directing it. 
I wish tonally it was a little bit different in areas. Like I said, it does kind of have that last Vegas tone in, in a way that, that bucket list tone, but that's a small complaint, but man, it's a pretty solid movie and certainly had a lot to say. So appreciated that. So a for me, what about you, Marcus? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think this is a solid A movie. Those performances are fantastic. Give Delroy Lindo all the Oscars you possibly can. Um, Yeah, this is a really good movie. I'm excited to see what Spike does in the future. And I think this is necessary viewing for everyone. Whether you like war movies or not, I think this is uh, super, super relevant for what's going on. And yeah, straight A. Brian? I'm going to go A+. Plus. Um, oh, nice. I mean, nice. we've nice. seen very few movies this year, so it's kind of dumb even to say this is probably <laughs> pretty easily the best movie I've seen oh, of the year. Dude, but it's Sonic. I know. Yeah, hey, Sonic. Look, what's going gonna... to say? Birds of Prey was this year, Brian. Sonic uh, yeah, <laughs> was the leader more... before this Our... year. Social relevance, we, I would say, than this Sonic did. Yeah, are we on a different <laughs> calendar? What's going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, man, this is this was. I don't. I mean, it's really hard to when you when you're talking about somebody whose whose filmography is as great as Spike's is. It's it's really hard to say this is their best work or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. it's he's got Malcolm X, he's got Do the Right Thing, and all these other things. So it's it's really hard to say that. But I'm not sure that this is in his best movie. Like it is, it is just incredible work all around. So mm-hmm. I, I loved it, man. It was and and again, it was very nice to have a movie to watch and a good one at that, and and to really be able to take those in. But yeah, like I I thought it was. I thought it handled everything. I thought Spike Lee was the obviously was the perfect person to make this movie, and he made a movie that is 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 darn near perfect for me. So yeah. A plus. Richard, what about you? Yeah, I'm gonna go solid A as well. So uh, a little long, but that would be my really only critique, and uh, that might just be because I'm out of practice watching new movies. Things I you know, mm. <laughs> so everything <laughs> seems long when you watch. A million bad movies in a row. I don't know. But yeah. Uh, no, but but a really solid film. Would not be surprised if it's in, well, you know, as Brian said, sort of silly, but in my top, you know, 510 of the year for sure. Yeah, I was going to say the, the length of the movie, I didn't even notice it really, to be honest cool. with you. That's like, good. I thought, I did, I thought it flowed I'm an really well. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, could, I honestly, this is one of the few that I could have gone the opposite route. I, I could have used, I could have done three hours of this. I thought some of the, uh, some of the storylines with the other bloods uh, outside of Paul were maybe even a little rushed because we're focusing so much for for all the right reasons, but we're focusing so mm-hmm. much on Paul that I maybe could even use a little bit more development on mm-hmm. on those other characters because it was it was that good for me. Anyway. Same, same, really strong. We hope you get a chance to check it out if you haven't already. It's certainly worth your time, and it'll probably be in the conversation at the end of the year. But for you sure. know, one one last yeah. note on Spike is it really did feel like for a long time that he was losing that place in Hollywood, you know, with Barry Jenkins doing so well and with Steve McQueen making such important films, you know, like more artistic films. Mm. It feels like Spike is, is finally back on the throne and that's great. I never want him Mm. to leave, but you know, maybe the best work he's done. Didn't mention it. uh, MJ commercials, maybe back in the nineties. Yeah. (laughs) Black. Didn't he direct mm-hmm. those? Didn't he direct the Little Penny ads too? Or something. <laughs> I think he might have directed those. I know it was Chris Rock's voice yeah, for yeah. Little Penny. I thought he directed. I think them, he might have directed those. I can't. I can't last, remember anymore. Last question. Well. Better Spike. Spike Jones. Spike Lee. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What about Spike Firestein, writer on Seinfeld? <laughs> 
Uh, like Spike go, TV and that's option. Third. Spike TV. <laughs> yeah. Spike TV. Yeah, I think that's the answer. TV. Good job, Marcus. You brought yeah, it up. That's the winner. <laughs> Spike <laughs> TV. Yeah. Right. Yep. I'm going to go fire up some slam ball. <laughs> call it a night. <laughs> that's the only thing I remember that was on that. Yeah. Or uh, Extreme Elimination Challenge. Remember that one where it was like the. Yeah. I just remember I was at it. I was at a restaurant the other night and they had um, old school hockey on the TVs in the bar. Uh, and it, I got, I got to really take in that awful versus graphic stuff from five <laughs> years ago when versus was a thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. wow, that was not that. This is like a 2014 game and it yeah. looks like it's from, right. I don't know, a hundred years ago on, on the planet yeah. entourage yeah. is the graphic package they're using. <laughs> yeah when a score bug changes it's amazing how quickly that that breaks into your brain is like that's the only way to yeah, look yeah, at yeah. the score you know and then you see it even like three years later you know or three years previous and you're just like holy what the, what's going on here yeah. this is awful totally like, oh right that was my life for 10 years or, when they didn't have the yellow line in football for the first down yeah like yeah. where you could yeah. watch this junk totally. i know i know i have an old mavs game on in the background right now fox sports is running like an 88 Mavs game. And I know you'll appreciate this, Richard, from watching like classic games and stuff. When there's no score on the, on the, uh, the TV at any, at any time, it drives me. That's very odd. Yeah. I forget. Yeah. I forget that that's how, I mean, I know I'm way older than you guys, but I forget that that's how sports were for not a long time of my sports watching life, but, but a good chunk of the, of the beginning, at least you, you'd get a little, a little, uh, Graphic every now and then, but otherwise you just kind of to get yeah. You, you turn into the game. Like, okay. uh, I think they're not at the beginning. Yeah, you don't know just... the scoring. You don't know the time. So <laughs> that's exactly it's right. Helpful. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, but. thank you so much, Marcus, for being here. You've been great. And yeah, man. Thank you. Can't, wait to, can't wait to have you on again um, some point in the future. Hopefully, we're talking about another good movie to make up for or Gemini Man Two. Gemini Man Two. There we go. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. And again, we'll have you on with the Criterion drops of Gemini Man. Nice. So excited about that. Thank you for listening, listeners. And uh, you know where you can find us online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. But where can I find you, Richard, online? You can find me at Richard Barden on all your, your various social media and on the VIP Discord as well. Uh, Brian, where can I find you? You can find me on the Twitter, bgill12. Uh, you can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and briandgill.com as well. Marcus, if our buddies, our friends, our listeners are looking for you, where can they find you? I, I am on the socials as uh, ibraglot, I-B-R-A-G-L-O-T-S, and uh, the Discord as well. Fantastic place. Yeah. Shout out to that Discord community that we built, and it is truly the lifeblood of the show. So thank you to those people who have, who have been chatting out there and sending your weekly recommends and what you've been watching and all that kind of stuff. It's been really, really great. So let us know discord people, what you thought of defy bloods excited to hear your thoughts. Well, mm-hmm. till next week, maybe we'll talk King of Staten Island. Maybe we'll do Artemis Fowl. Maybe another movie will randomly drop of the next week that we can talk <laughs> about, but probably won't be a bad movie marathon centric film. Maybe we'll get back into that in the next few weeks, months, who knows, maybe never. But stay tuned to us on Twitter and and in the the Discord for more information on that. And VIPs, enjoy that A-Team episode, too. But until next time, hopefully we'll see you soon at the cinema. Goodbye. Bye, bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. 
but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed down and loose scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salad is scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 